Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the X-Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. And for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide, as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X-Zone. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email X-Zone at xzoneradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com, and our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is uh, Terry Favor, and we're going to be talking to Terry about her new book called The Universe in Black and White, a plain and simple illustrated guide to time, space, and the meaning of life. And uh, her website is www.terryfavor.com, and that's T-E-R-R-Y-F-A-V-O-U-R.com. Now, goodbye to old certainties. Hello, paradoxal truths of existence. Welcome, the new wisdom of being here now. The book, The Universe in Black and White, is written for anyone seeking a clearer understanding of the shift that 20 to 21st century science has now plunged us into. The new science, including among other challenges of our outmoded mechanistic world, quantum physics, has overturned our assumptions about what is real and what is possible. 
The universe in black and white, illustrated with simple and appealing black and white drawings throughout, entertainingly explores the changes of paradigm that we have already staked claims upon our attention. Uh, that's whether we're ready for them or not. Joining me now is Terry Favor. And Terry, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you, Rob. Terry, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, um, I'm, um, oh, I'm, um, uh, I'm a senior citizen, I guess you could say. <laughs> I've raised a family, mm -hmm. and in the process of raising that family, um, we spent a lot of time on the subjects that you just uh, went through with uh, <clears throat> reading the back cover of the book there. And uh, out of um, a lot of discussions with my children, this mm -hmm. book um, materialized. Now, now, Terry, what are what do you think we're in for with this new paradigm shift from the 20th to the 21st century? Well, in actuality, a lot of it has already started. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about it, um, starting with the fax machine, <laughs> you know. Um, Life came became much different than it had been before. Uh, for example, um, you could sign a contract instantly. Right. Um, before, we used to have to wait for days for um, transactions to take place, you know, via mail, et cetera. And um, so one of the things that's happened is that we, you know, we've incorporated into our sort of um, Newtonian mechanical worldview uh, the quantum physics worldview, which is instantaneous and virtual. Do you think that there's going to be more virtuality in the future and that there's going to be less and less human personal contact? Uh, you know, I tend to be optimistic and not feel that. I feel that the human being um, really needs personal contact and that uh, somehow, and within all the changes that we go through, that we'll see to it that we do stay personally connected. Then how come we're not doing that now in the world of texting? You know, kids text their parents, the parents text the kids, they text each other, and it seems like we're, we're losing that that one-on-one -on -one communication. No, I agree with you. I think that that's what it looks like is happening. And um, But I feel like we're very new at where we're going into this new paradigm, I call it, that we're moving into. Um, it's brand new, and we don't understand it. Um, we still have one foot stuck in, like I said, the more Newtonian mechanic, mm -hmm. mechanistic view, and um, quantum physics is pushing us into the realm of uh, really a realm where we're having to realize that things are not solid. They, you know, even in the material-looking world, things mm -hmm. are not solid. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. Please stand by. Terry favors our guest. She is the author of The Universe in Black and White, a plain and simple illustrated guide to time, space, and the meaning of life. Her website, www.terryfavor.com, and that's www.terryfavor.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The X-Zone. And we'll continue on the other side of this two-minute commercial break right here from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Terry favors my guest of this hour, ExoNation. She's the author of The Universe in Black and White, a plain and simple illustrated guide to time, space, and the meaning of life. Her website, www.terryfavor.com. That's Terry, F-A-V-O-U-R.com. Tell me, uh, Terry, how do you think that quantum physics and our new technology is going to challenge our experience of time and space? Well... Um, like I said, uh, I, you know, my illustration about the fax machine, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that um, that this uh, fact that things uh, happen instantly, that we deal a lot with virtual realities, really, um, is already very much in place. And I think that um, it is uh, it's a struggle, I think, for people right now to make their material bodies, so to speak, behave. Um, in this world where materiality means nothing, meaning that we have to go way too fast. You know, we have uh, too many uh, obligations in too short a time nowadays. And I think this stuff has to be worked out. I'm not not saying that this is a bad thing at all. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that we haven't figured it out. We don't even realize, I don't think, what's really happening to us. Well, it seems that the children of today certainly have caught on, and they are ready for what lies ahead. Do you think it's the the older generation that is going to have the problem with this? Oh, yes. I mean, obviously, uh, we older people have much more problem with mm-hmm. it. But, and I assume that the younger generation are the ones that will arrange their lives so that these kinds of things fit in better. You know, we are already... Well, sure. Uh, moving along in the pace that we go, and then this is interjected into that. But, you know, this is how life has gone ever since the beginning of, of recorded history. We see, we saw the same thing, uh, you know, during the Industrial Revolution and the Renaissance, where people had to readjust their way of living in order to, pro, you know, to, to go with the progress of the world around them. So should we find this oh so mystifying and so hard to understand? No, only except in the way that it applies to us. You know, I'm sure that each um, uh, industrial revolution people felt much like we do. No, I agree with you completely Mm -hmm. that um, this is not something new. 
Um, maybe the way that we're going to come out of, you know, come from looking at what is happening to us may be different. I think that we're going to have to take a much broader view of history, meaning that all of history is really um, uh, contributing to what's happening now. And I think that we have to, we're going to have to take a better look at that. So we're going to either have, so those who find themselves in the slow lane are either going to have to catch up to speed or pull over to the side of the road and let everybody else go by. Yeah, but, and, and like you say, I mean, I think that things mm-hmm. like this have happened before. Tell uh, me. We older people in any, you know, in any time, in any paradigm change are always going to be the ones that are having the most trouble. Why do we use the the term paradigm change instead of advance in technology? Uh, because I, because of the fact that quantum physics is telling us that most of the way we view uh, our world, you know, our, our, our perception of reality is going to mm-hmm. change. It's going to have to change because, uh, first of all, form is not um, a solid thing. And, you know, quantum physics is showing us that form is vast, empty space in reality. Well, and then they're also showing us that emptiness is actually full. It's full and overflowing with uh, intelligence and consciousness. But and, this, this, uh, is, this is all hypothetical. This is, no, this, it's not hypothetical. Sure it is. Quantum physics is. This is what quantum physics is about. Quantum physics still isn't an established uh, science in, in the arena where you can actually say that there's, that there's more intelligence out there. That, that, for example, if you tell somebody that the brick wall that they're going to smash their car into isn't solid, they're going to have one heck of a time believing you. Well, it's because what's smashing into it and what is being, you know, what it, you know, if you're smashing your car into the brick wall, both the car and the brick wall are in are relatively the same thing. So it appears to be solid. But the thing is that that's not. Um, there's a lot of things that we nowadays understand isn't the way things are, even if it doesn't Give look me- that way. For example, the sun comes up, it goes down, but mm-hmm. doesn't really. Well, we've known this for centuries. Yes. But so how does how does I mean. that how does that relate to quantum physics? Well, it, it's uh, what I'm trying to um, express is that quantum physics is uh, telling us things about our reality that are hard to believe now. But uh, so was the fact oh, that I get we it, were. Right spinning around space in mm-hmm. space as a ball, you know, at one time. All right, so it's just like saying the world is flat, and now we know what it isn't. Yeah, exactly. Okay, give me some examples of how quantum physics has actually changed the the reality of certain perceptions. Um, well, I, you know, I think that um, quantum physics is really responsible for the computer, for example, and uh, certainly, uh, the you, you know, if you think, I'm certainly old enough to know what the world was like before any of this technological wizardry was around. Now, now, just, and, let, just let me ask you a question here. How is quantum physics responsible for the development of the computer at IBM, when IBM first came out with their first computers? How did, how did quantum physics fit into that? Because I've never heard that before. Well, they, well they, the silicon chip has a, uh, a lot to do with all of this co- this new technological yes. um, advancement. And, and without it, 
if you have just Newtonian physics, you can't do these things. And believe me, listen, <laughs> I am not a scientist. Everything that I know and have learned about all this has been um, work that has been done by, you know, very accomplished scientific people. Right. But they have interpreted this for people like me, lay people, who cannot, you know, I don't know, I couldn't mm -hmm. explain, you know, anything except the very most rudimentary things about quantum physics to anyone. But I, but I trust the people that I have read and um and besides, there's a lot of examples around, you know, for so, us to see that what they're talking about is real. So are you saying that your book, The, the Universe in Black and White, is based on other people's findings? Yes. In, in actuality, what it really is, is um, my children and I um, explored for years um, mm -hmm. uh, what it... in. Um, you know, uh, who are we? We ask that question. Who are we? And, you know, what is science discovering? You know, how is how is this changing our paragram, uh, paradigm? Uh, you know, what are the conflicting worldviews? What are the differences between Eastern and Western philosophies? Et cetera, et cetera. And we studied, and there's just a lot of information out there. Um, people like, well, for example, David Bohm or... Um, Fred Allen Wolf or Deepak Chopra or, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's, the, the list just is endless of people who are, um, um, you know, doctors and scientists and all who are trying to tell us what they have discovered about our world. And where's the beginning of this, really? Even though quantum physics has been around for over 100 years, um, we're we're pretty new. It takes a while for all of this stuff to filter down to the lay people, <laughs> people like you and I who aren't um, in a position to be able to understand what is, you know, theoretically, mathematically, et cetera, going on. Let, let me ask you this. How do you relate the universe in black and white to what we're seeing today in the Middle East? For example, the turmoil now between Syria and Turkey, and what has gone on in Egypt, and what has gone on in Lebanon, and uh, how does quantum physics and the universe in black and white relate to that? Boy, I wasn't expecting a question like that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, other than that, that any kind of time that science uh, really uh tells us mm -hmm. that something, you know, it discovers or uncovers, might be a better word, uh, truths about our, um, in, you know, our, our world, our environment, what, what, we are, what we are actually, then it, it eventually changes everything. I mean, when Newtonian physics uh, showed up and the Industrial Revolution happened, it changed everything, you know, really pretty much across the board around mm -hmm. the world. But and, you, you know, uh -huh. you're you're saying that you're, you're uh, the the what I'm what I'm hearing is here is that you're 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 relating everything in the past to quantum physics, and yet according to experts, quantum physics have only been around in the 20th century. Well, no, no. What do you mean? I'm relating it. I'm sh I'm trying to give you uh, show you that uh, or talk about the fact that Newtonian physics. Mm -hmm. uh, it has it, it came before quantum right. physics. I mean, you know, we rolled along here, and as we've moved mm -hmm. and our understandings have grown, then we have moved into 
uh, it isn't that Newtonian physics went away. We still use Newtonian physics, but quantum physics has um, is a bigger picture, a bigger overview of our uh, our our whole worldview, our whole um, perception of what is real. All right. It, so it, if, it, if quantum physics is giving us a new look at what we believed to be true with Newtonian physics, does that mean in years to come, science is going to come out with a new uh, way of explaining how we were wrong about quantum physics, like they're coming out and saying, well, you know, Newtonian physics isn't exactly right? Are we going to yeah, see this I'm in the future? It, I'm certain it will. It, 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 you know, we keep, where our consciousness is mm-hmm. expanding all the time, and we keep having to incorporate more um, more findings, more of what we understand as time goes on. I, I absolutely sure of that. In fact, it probably, you know, people in this field probably already mm-hmm. know where we're headed, even beyond this. Do we need to know where we're heading using quantum physics, or should we live one day at a time? Um, well... Um, I think that, you know, obviously I think there's not much we can do except live one day at a time. But if you're curious and, or if you're, um, if you're, uh, I, I would say that a lot of people are having a little bit of difficulty with their lives right now. All right, Terry, and stand by. Course- you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation Terry favors our guest this hour. She's the author of The Universe in Black and White, a plain and simple illustrated guide to time, space, and the meaning of life. Her website, www.terryfavor.com. That's Terry, F-A-V-O-U-R.com. We'll be back right after the news. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. Don't go away. You're listening to the X-Zone Radio Show, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. X-Zone Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio. Euro High Definition Radio. And Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www. Welcome back to the Exxon. Terry favors our guest this hour. Terry's written a book entitled The Universe in Black and White, a plain and simple illustrated guide to time, space, and the meaning of life. Her website is www.terryfavor.com. That's Terry, F-A-V-O-U-R.com. Terry, how does the um, the relationship of self-oneness, of of you know, relate to the world around us, not only in our own physical space, but within the different religious philosophies that go from east to west? Um, well, uh, the phrase or, you know, when one says something like, 
um, what is self to oneness or form to emptiness or um, something on that order. Um, What we're really talking about is the relationship of the physical, the physical world, uh, everything that we can see, feel, touch, talk about, Mm And and then what our source is. And so if you're talking religion, you're talking about the source being God and the visible world being the manifestation of, say, God. I mean, there's a, you know, an enormous, there are a lot of ways yeah, but- <laughs> uh, that people look at that. So if if this is all one universe and if everything is based on the reality of the same, how come there are so many different religions with so many different origins? Well, if you really take a good look at them, mm-hmm. you'll see that they have an awful lot in common. And um, probably the biggest difference is the Eastern look at the spiritual life and the Western look at the spiritual life. Um, the Eastern tends to be more what quantum physics is telling us is true about our universe now, um, which is interesting because what it's doing is it's <clears throat> it's actually um, kind of melding the philosophies, the scientific philosophies of the West with the um, more psychological philosophies of the East, mm-hmm. and um, uh, which is... Um, uh, a phenomena that uh, really needs to happen, I think. Um, there, you know, for many, many years, there's been a lot of people in this country that have looked to the East, uh, looked at Buddhism and Hinduism and a lot of other things um, in the East because we felt that um, some of that a lot of what the uh, Western thought process was was lacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, in actuality, they they have they have a lot in common. Um, and I think the more that we look at, at the, the differences, the more we probably find uh, why they're alike. And, and it's mostly the interpretation of how things are worded. Uh, even the, all the confusion going on in the Middle East and our kind of um, more radical Christian views and the radical views over there, they have an enormous amount in common. It's ridiculous that they fight, but it's because of... Um, it's uh, because of terminology. It's because of not understanding that they're talking about the same thing. Uh, you know, I mean, this is an age-old problem. <laughs> How do you see quantum physics working in this field in the future to meld and to to help each other better understand so we don't see, if you'll excuse the expression, the holy wars or the jihads that we're seeing today? Well, as we understand that um, that we are all part of the same source, no matter mm-hmm. whatever, you know, what, what you call it, that, um, that I think that science lends a credibility that um, is sometimes hard to uh, accomplish in the spiritual or religious world. Um, you know, we have, especially here in the West, we've we've really taken what science has said to be true, at, you know, we've taken it to be fact, and I think that um, as uh, quantum physics moves more and more into showing us that 
um, what the spiritual um, teachers, et cetera, over time have been telling us is actually true and then interpreting them in a way that, you know, 21st century um, language and thought process uh, is able to comprehend that um, the uh, um, it, it'll be impossible not to see that uh, m- much of what is, you know, mm-hmm. the spiritual truths are in fact true, but from a different point of view. Is it possible that quantum physics may actually be the demise of spirituality? No, absolutely not. But if quantum physics is going to be challenging the Newtonian uh, physics that we know today, and uh, Newton himself questioned uh, theology, and so have many great scientists, if quantum, if, if just a sec, please, if quantum physics is going to be investigating into the reality, and if we are saying that spirituality is not a reality, doesn't this doesn't this mean that one will wipe out the other? No, I think, in fact, quantum physics tells us that spirituality is very real. And actually, Newton himself was a very spiritual person. Um, he was spiritual, but uh-huh. he, did, he didn't believe in uh, creationism as described in the Bible. Oh, well, uh, that, that I'm, I'm afraid I don't have any knowledge about. I, I don't know what his particular views were, but I do know that he believed in God. Um, and... Um, I, it, the, the point is that God being uh, words meaning, I'm using it as meaning source, mm-hmm. quantum physics is um, telling us that our source is, um, is consciousness itself, it is intelligence, yeah, um, that, uh, that what we called, um, you know, mm-hmm. nothing. Yes. is not really nothing at all, that it's, you know, it's a full and overflowing realm <laughs> uh, of information, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's uh, and it's one. It's all coming from one source. All right, so let me, is, let, let me ask you this, because, you know, we've got only so much time, and I, I'd like to get in as many, as much as I can. Has science ever been wrong? Well, it depends on what you mean by wrong. And, of course, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm qualified to answer a question like that. But I think that most of the time when we talk about science being right or wrong, it's mostly that it hasn't included everything. Oh. What happens is that it just keeps advancing and in learning more and including more. All right. Then, you know, you, you said that, you know, I asked you a question and, and, you, and you basically said that you weren't qualified to answer it. And yet the title of your book is The Universe in Black and White, A Plain and Simple Illustrated Guide to Time, Space, and the Meaning of Life. And I'm asking you plain and simple questions pertaining to time, space, and the meaning of life, and I'm not getting ahead. So, well, so let me, uh, let me ask you this. Let me, uh, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Why did you, you know... I, I, I see by your, the bio that your publisher sent us that you, you know, you, uh, you attended the University of California at Berkeley and the University of Idaho. And, and I understand that you're an artist. Is it possible that you being an artist has opened you up to a certain part of perception that the rest of us who aren't artists, uh, don't realize is there or cannot understand? No, I don't think so. Um, what you know, what this book was about was an exploration 
um, that I did personally mm-hmm. and that I did with my family uh, about what's available out there to know, you know, it's a, what's available to us from, you know, learned people um, in the West and the East and what they had to say and what we discovered um, that they were all saying pretty much the same thing. And, uh, all right. and, and okay, so so tell me, what have you learned personally during your during this 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 uh, this exploration that you've taken through other people's books? Well, I, what I was really trying to find, you know, my question was when I was very young was, who are we? Mm-hmm. What are we? Yeah. You know, I mean, just look around at this fantastic world that we're in and. Look what it does. Okay, that's the question you asked. Now, after your trip, after your exploration, after your research, what is the answer that you've come up with? Well, I found that. Uh, let me let me put it this way. I I I think that the biggest thing that I found was mm-hmm. that um, that I was not a body. Uh, I'm not this body that through uh, generations and um, evolution and everything, somehow learn to think. But that intelligence and consciousness actually learned how to make a body, and that's what I have inherited. That's what I am. All right, so you're saying where conventional thinking says the cart's before the horse, you're saying the horse is before the cart. Exactly. And I think that that's what's here to learn. Uh, and and of course it I mean it took me 379 pages mm-hmm. of illustrations <laughs> and words to um, to really systematically explore what you're asking me and um, it isn't an easy thing to answer and and in fact I mean if I, I don't know if you have the book but it's it, there's cartoon drawings on every page mm-hmm. and um, and I felt that the cartoon drawings would help uh, keep the reader um, focused uh, so that they could think about these ideas that are so really very different from the way we've thought about things in the past. Uh, it keep them in the forefront of your mind as you have to, you know, kind of wade through this whole um, scenario of of, um, of these new beliefs that are, actually, you know, becoming fact in our world. Okay, let me ask you this. With all the books that are being published around the world, I think last uh, last year there were over 2.2 million books that were published worldwide. Somebody buys your book. How is your book going to change their life? How is your book going to enhance their life? Well, I don't know if it is. Um, I feel like um, there's a certain synchronicity to who will probably pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, it might mean something to some people. Um, I just put out what I thought had uh, made a difference to myself and my kids and my family and other friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually didn't, when I did this in the first place, I didn't really expect to publish it. I was just doing it for an exercise in clarity for myself and and the people around me. Um, the publishing just kind of... Blossomed. It happened. <laughs> yeah. How did this... How did your book help the clarity of those who have read it that you know? For example, your family, well, your friends, your 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 the people that you gave the book to to read prior to publishing. How, how did the I, book help them? 
Well, I think that it it clarified um, we, what how our consciousness has expanded in the last century, mm-hmm. uh, to and what it's what it is now including, um, and um, uh, you know it's the uh, just in everyday life. Um, I think that there's a lot of confusion now as to um, just how to move forward. I think people are feeling, um, um, uh, I don't know what to say, um, maybe a little depressed sometimes about what the future looks like. And I think that, um, you know, learning a little bit more about who we really are, you know, according to what our own scientists are saying about that. But you and I both agree that in the past, but you and I both agree that in the past science has been wrong. So how do we know they're right now? Well, it isn't a matter of being right or wrong. It's a matter of being on the edge of what is unfolding. What What is unfolding based on the discoveries of those who have a belief in that particular science? Well, it's... I think that, I mean, an awful lot of our technology, mm-hmm. you know, is actually based on the science that we're discussing. And we're talking about the philosophical aspects of the science we're discussing. And, but that it's, you know, hardcore technology. The cell phones that we use are all this stuff that we're doing and using right now is based on this technology. But, and, but the cell phone is just a, a newer generation of the microwave transmissions that broadcasting has been using since the fifties. Well, that's all, you know, of course, you know. but it it, um, it, 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 what we were doing in the fifties in our daily life mm-hmm. is quite different than what we're doing now. I mean, I don't, I, uh, I, I, you know, if I can't find my cell phone, sure. Um, you know, it's like, oh, well, gee, do I want to drive from here to Phoenix without my cell phone? I mean, that's ridiculous. I didn't ever think one thought about having to communicate with anybody in my car. But, uh, but you know, like once, once again, it's your choice now whether you want to or not. It's You don't have to have your cell phone. You don't have to no. communicate with people. It's a choice you're making. Of course, but I'm. But what I'm saying is that our, you know, our most of us are behaving like that now. You know, all right, I mean, all right. You know, okay, you and, you and I have to say so long for today. I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a rather strange and unusual hour. Strange and unusual, to say the least. I don't know. I'm going to have to uh, try and figure out something over this next commercial break uh, on how to further close this conversation. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. I've got to tell you something. Um, everyone here was scratching their head after the last uh, interview. She wrote a book entitled The Universe in Black and White, a plain and simple illustrated guide to time, space, and the meaning of life. 
But I, I tried asking simple questions that were in black and white, at least I thought so, and I wasn't getting any answers. So how do we look at life? Do we take what the new sciences is telling us as verbatim, that this is how it's going to be from now on? Or do we look into our past and say, hey, science has been wrong in the past. How do we know it's right now? In the past, science and the great minds said the world was flat. We know now that it isn't flat. Science has come up with some discoveries and some medicines that have worked. Other medicines haven't worked, and the best example I could give on that is the, the thermal, thermaldehyde uh, epidemic that happened on this, you know, when this uh, thermaldehyde fiasco happened. Children were being born deformed with no arms in case, some cases no legs in others. Science is not perfect. And it really bothers me to hear people who really don't have the expertise themselves and have not gone through the training to become scientists, but they just sit around the table and discuss things with their family, and hey, that's great, at least the family's communicating. And then to do research on what you fancy and say, hey, this is the way I think, and oh, look at that, this person here thinks the way I think, and oh no, this person, no, they disagree with everything I believe. And you put together a book. And you come up with this idea for a title, and you discuss it, and it fits your way of thinking. And it's 329 pages. You put these little cartoons on the pages to help people understand, okay, there's a contradiction in my eyes anyway. And you have it published, whether it's self-published or published by a, a publisher. Uh, you know that, that doesn't make that doesn't make a difference here. It's my personal belief that when you write a book, you should know what the hell you're writing about. And if you dare to have your publicist contact radio shows or radio stations, TV stations, or reporters, don't expect a script. Don't expect. Well, let me put it to you this way. Don't expect me to agree with everything you're saying. Don't expect me to back off and let you do your little spiel. Expect me to challenge you on your book, challenge you on your knowledge, and try to understand why you wrote the book and what you expect and what people will actually walk away with after reading your book. As I said, more than two million books a year are published worldwide. Two million books. Now, people are probably saying, wow, that's a, that's a lot of books. No, it's not, not considering the population of this planet. And there has been an increase in publishing ever since uh, people have been able to self-publish their books. Anyone can publish a book, print-on-demand or through companies like Publish America, They'll publish anything. That doesn't mean it's good, and it doesn't mean it'll sell, and it doesn't mean it makes sense. So far, from what I've seen over the past 50 minutes, this does not make any sense to me at all. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Send me your thoughts, X-Zone at X-Zone Radio TV.com. <laughs> 